Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today for another episode of Death Is Not The End. The podcast where we're all dead and well, we just have to deal with what comes next. Whatever that is. I'm the Efton Guy and I'll be your celebrant and guide on today's journey. Today on the Processing Conveyor Belt, we have a musical action and adventure fan, a lone wolf, Rob Jones. Hello sir, how have you been? How you doing? I'm good, thank you very much. So, um, sadly we're all dead, for reals this time. Yeah. How, how are you feeling about that? I'm not happy. <laughs> not happy you're dead? I'm, I kind of wasn't expecting it to come quite so soon. I was there busy editing one of my many podcasts and suddenly here I am. Who are you, St. Peter or someone? No, no, he's, he's the other guy. Um, uh, yeah, so, so what happens after we die? Have you any firmly rooted religious beliefs at all? Um, I never used to. And then one day I went up a mountain and it was one of these weird times that like, you could go up the same mountain a million times and it not and not get these conditions. But we got to the top of this mountain, it was just a cloud inversion and it was just clouds going forever. And it felt like you could just step out on them. And I sat there and wept at the majesty of it all. So as hack as it may be, endless cloud seems pretty cool. 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 So what would you like to happen after you've died? Is it, is it that, that kind of thing? You're sitting in the clouds with everyone you well, love. I- that would be wonderful. I, I kind of feel that in a normal situation, I, I think maybe you, you die and then you just wake up again. Because, like, we don't remember being born, but at some point you have your first memories, don't you? And you look back at your first memories. So at some point, like, does your consciousness just take over another vessel? So this one switches off and then the next one switches on. You don't know any different. You haven't got any memories. It's not like reincarnation or past lives or anything like that. Do the life just come back on and away you go again off on the ride? That'd be quite cool. So not reincarnation, like a parallel universe type of thing? A multiverse? Um, I don't know. (laughs) Don't make me think about it too much. Um, It's horrible to think about, to be honest. Um, I do often dwell on, like, you know, now I'm over 40, like that's halfway and there's probably not as many days left. Yeah, definitely closer to a possible death than you are to being born. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, I just like the idea of like you go to sleep and then you wake up again and away you go and you get to do it all again. That's a nice idea. Okay, so I've got a little segment here called Crazy Cults. How much do you know about fundamentalist Christians? Not as much as I should, but more than I want to, maybe. Yeah, they're my, my favourite crazies. They're so prevalent. Um, I believe the Bible is the word of God. So that evolution isn't a thing. Dinosaurs didn't exist. They do say giant lizards are mentioned in the Bible, and that's what those dinosaurs are. And the world was literally created in seven days, about 6,000 years ago. Right. That's taking everyone on Earth and subtracting to back to two yeah. people. It's a right. sort of science. Uh, do you know where it comes from? No, I don't think science is a word <laughs> for it, to be honest. Um, yeah, do you know where it comes from, roughly? Go on. Yeah, um, Civil War in America, a lot to do with it. Um, ah. Most modern northern Christians saw the evolution of society and science to be God manifesting itself, essentially what we're doing with Darwinism and biblical criticism 
is essentially how we should view right. things. So it's like we have uh, certain Christian sects sort of advancing things and saying, you know, gay people are all right now, which is nice of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, traditional southerners yeah, just like yeah that. they're opposed to both <laughs> things they didn't believe in evolution didn't believe in criticizing the bible so the word in the bible is the true word of god right yeah so in the south they believe in or they don't believe in evolution they don't believe in science they don't believe that homosexual people should have rights yeah but they do believe it's all right to own people yeah and and guns so yeah that's roughly yeah. why you've got the big Bible bet on the uh, prevalence of them today in, in politics in America. So, yeah. But I have actually yeah. met one who did believe all this stuff, you know. The uh, world well, was created 6,000 years ago in seven days. That dinosaurs didn't exist. Quite happy to chat about it. Even invited me to the church to meet some nice Christian girls. So my wife is into it. Not the fundamental Christianism, <laughs> not the fundamental side of it, but she she she's certainly more open to it than I am, and she's definitely got. Um, she's more into like, or she's really into like the community side of the church. Mm. So since we moved here, she's been trying to find a church. We've always just, or she's always just gone to whichever church will have her. So like, it's been the Church of England in one place we lived. It was the Methodists when we lived in Scotland, and then it was a Baptist church when we were on the Isle of Wight. And it's just wherever she feels she can fit in. Um, here on our little island, Portland, she was invited to the church in someone's living room. <laughs> so we went along, and the sermon was done on a video screen from some guy in America. And the whole time I'm thinking, this is culty, this is culty, we need to run away, we need to run away. And, yeah, but the thing that actually got me out the door was when the um, the guy, it wasn't his Christian beliefs, it was the fact that he was a massive fucking Tory. And I just like, I can't talk to this man anymore, let's go. Um, and she still goes up and helps out with, like, the children's crafts and stuff like that, but she hasn't been back to the living room sermons, so. That might be a wise move. <laughs> Okay, so that was the uh, new feature I'm going to put in every time we do these shows. I'm going to find some crazy, hopefully some crazier cults, because these ones are quite dangerous. Because <laughs> they're in power. And Tories. <laughs> yeah. So you've been processing and you've met my lovely assistant, Kendra. That's spelled with a Q, U and an I. And she's told you the general idea for today. You are faced with two options. Stay out of the bad place or pitch yourself to the good one. And you've opted for staying out of the bad place. So we're going to run you through the seven deadly sins and you have to put up your defense for them. No. Is it not that one? No. Okay. Uh, Kendra, have a note, please. So I'm thinking if I'm already dead there you go. and everyone else is dead, <laughs> yeah, then M- Mrs. Jones is probably already in heaven. Yep. So... I'm joining her, whether you like it or not, St. <laughs> fucking Peter or whatever you want to call yourself. Um, to quote another heaven, heavenly being, St. Bono of the Cayman Islands, patron saint of ego, <laughs> um, I will scale these city walls to be with her. So watch out. Okay, so, yep, yeah, you're going to pitch yourself to the good place. Now, for this, you have to run me through your life. Give us a few good and bad moments through them or run through them. And this is the fun bit or torturous bit, depending on how you are with music. Because if you're a music fan, this is hell. You get to score it all. Not give it a number. You get to score it as in musical score. 
we're chatting about the music as we go along as well. Uh, and that makes it totally applicable for fair use if we do that. Oh, good. Yeah. Even in this country, I've always wondered about that. Yeah, you can't hear it. I'm doing a big thumbs up right now. <laughs> but yeah, as long as you talk about it, I believe you can get away with fair use and I won't get cool. scuppered on the podcasting app. So you've gone with Miley Cyrus Wrecking Ball to open your film. So, so let me take you back. I'm 22. I've just had this massive and horrible breakup. I've been with this girl for a while, a couple of years probably. Um, and it's one of those really kind of intense young love affairs that hopefully we've all had. Um, but she could drive me absolutely wild. But I just had to be nearer all the time. And... Yeah, she was nuts as well. I think we both were a bit intense is probably the right word, but it probably wasn't the healthiest of relationships. Mm. Um, but I was all in, and I thought she was all in, and it turned out the local rugby club were also all in. <laughs> and the reserves. <laughs> and pretty much everyone everyone knew what was going on, and no one said anything. Or maybe they tried to say stuff, you know, tried to tell me and I weren't listening. Um, and yeah, she pretty much been through them all. Butch, let's just clarify, actually, to be fair, like, just get on the right page morally. If someone wants to go and seat with every member of a rugby team, go for it. Fill your boots. Like, hmm. if that's what you're into, brilliant, do it. I'm all, I'm all for Literally filling boots with that one. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of the betrayal and the lies that are objectionable here a bit. Yeah. Um, was that the first true love so, then? Or did you um, have one before that, which was maybe not? Yeah, oh yeah, they're, they're, wow. Yeah, there probably was. This one was like the epic one that sets the ball rolling in the movie, if you like. Um, but that ended, and I wasn't great for a while. Things got a little bit self-destructive, as they do. There was some sex of eight feelings, shall we call it? Um, not as much as I hoped for. One thing about trying to. One thing about going out on the pool when you're sad is that like vibe gives off uh, sad gives off a bit of a vibe that isn't that attractive to the opposite sex. Yeah, um, I've been told that uh, one. It's like the worst way to get over it. a heartbreak is just to yeah. sleep around when it's just a bit soulless. But, but they don't it? want you when you're sad. So. Yeah, um, they only want you when you're sort of loved up and married. That's it. And then she would text me out of the blue, and I'd go running as you know because. That, and that might just be a one-night thing, or we might knock about for a couple of weeks, and then she, she'll get bored, or maybe she texts me because she was bored. But then the whole cycle would repeat, and it's basically all-time breakup stuff. And like nearly two years after that initial breakup, like the only really way to stop the cycle was to get the fuck out of there. So that was Mighty Cyrus Wrecking Ball, which is an all-time banger and it might be the greatest breakup song of all time ever <laughs> now after doing this for you <laughs> i do like there's a cover version of it i can't remember the name august burned red i think it was or something like that they right. did a metal cover version i quite liked but yeah i saw it on a christmas film with seth rogan and um joseph gordon levitt i think it's called the night before or something and they basically go off on one last bender and miley cyrus is in a club and he's trying to get the girl back and he comes on stage and sings it with Miley Cyrus, and yeah, it's all very well. You can imagine it's a Seth Rogen film, so yeah. it's, it's brilliant, but it's like not one for the kids. But yeah, and that's the first time I'd actually heard that song, and that was maybe like two years ago. 
The next up is Far Behind by Eddie Vedder. Now, this is a little bit on the nose because it's it was off the um, soundtrack to Into the Wild, the Sean Penn film from 2008. I can't remember the film. It's, it's all based on real-life events. This, this kid, um, Chris McCandless, who went by the name Alexander Supertramp, he just finished college, gave all his money to charity and disappeared into the western states of America. Um, and he'd crop up here and there like he's an itinerant worker and he'd just go where the wind took him. And he ended up um, dying in an old school bus in Alaska. So the book is a collection of... Um, interviews with people who knew Chris McCandless and then this lad's diaries and stuff and it's really sad but it gives you that whole um, you need to get out there and experience life properly in the wild type vibe so, so that's the context for the song in life basically I jump on an aeroplane to New Zealand um, to get away from the girl the plane lands in the middle of a cyclone which kind of seems right um, <laughs> and I spend the next few months I spent, spent the next few months like on my own, travelling around a bit, um, bit of hitchhiking. I got picked up by a car full of German girls at one point, which should have been the start of a good career in pornography. <laughs> but they were just definitely good start to a. They were just film. really, yeah. They, they were just really same kids in the end. I hung out with them for a couple of weeks, but generally I'd get a ride to a campsite or a trailhead, and then I'd hike to the next town, camping in the woods. Just good quality wild man stuff, really. Um, I'll stop in a couple of places here and there and do some work, fruit picking or tractor driving. Um, and then I got bored of my own company, I suppose. <laughs> Was this the first time you started camping then or did you do it before? I'd done a little bit before, but it was just like I would drive to a campsite, go and climb a hill and then go back to the campsite. This was the first time I was like, yeah, I'm going to string days together. And it was in a proper, I need to get lost and find myself. Cliche, if you like, it's oh cliches working um, films that's a good story yeah um and then i hooked up with this guy not in the biblical sense of hooking up but um steve and we traveled together for a little while there's this one time we pulled into this um he had like a station wagon so we, so he was driving and we pulled into this little holiday park and they had like these little chalets that we could rent rather because at that point we were either sleeping in a tiny tent which was mine or in the car depending on where we were so we pull into this place with a station wagon and get out and there's this guy he must have been about 35 and yeah he's bouncing up and down on this trampoline <laughs> and he throws up the old hang 10 hand signal and he starts shouting stuff at us or giving the, the old surfer hang 10 and we're like what the fuck's this and we basically they get into the chalet shut the door behind us getting all our stuff sorted and there's a knock at the door I open it and it's uh, it's this dude and he's smelly and he's scruffy and like he looks like giving half a chance he'll try and eat us <laughs> and he's all like oh I'm, I'm really sorry I didn't mean to offend you I saw the station wagon and I saw your long hair and I thought you might be surfers so I was shouting Kelly Slater dude do you want to buy some weed <laughs> And then later on, there was this little place to cook. Um, and next to it was like a, a lounge area, I suppose. I had a ping pong table in there. So me and Steve went and played ping pong. And we were both shit. But <laughs> like, terror was like, every time you, you know, just backache by the end of it, picking the ball up. And then you turn around and it's like a horror film. Because like Kelly Slater, who we've taken to call in this dude, he just appears at the window. <laughs> and he's just watching us playing ping pong. And we're just like... 
fuck. And we <laughs> slept in the same bed that night. <laughs> but I suppose by this point, it's like six or seven months since I left home. And I'm actually in a really good spot again at this point. So me and Steve head down to Queenstown because he's got a job on the ski fields. Um, it's a, I think they call them lifties, don't they? But um, I think, yeah, it's probably, probably time to find some people. And if ski season is down there, I'll get some work. Um, we had no idea where we were going to stay, so we got the Trusty Lonely Planet guidebook out of a hostel somewhere, and we decided we'd try this place called Deco's Backpackers only because they had, um, in the listing, they mentioned free coffee. <laughs> so it was a good thing. Have no? you got nothing? Yeah. Free coffee. Yeah, oh yeah. Free is always good. Yeah, that's it. It, it. it can have bed bugs, but if you've got coffee in the morning, you can get rid of them. <laughs> so... go on to like teenage gravity and i've chosen the counting crows version because it's much better than the original casey anderson version i don't know if you know do you know any of these songs i've picked just out of interest i've heard a couple of them yeah right with uh counting crows i only know the one song of theirs right can you guess which one yep, that's the one <laughs> my, my song <laughs> um so yeah so like teenage gravity by the counting crows um it's kind of one of those slow burning songs where they where people are floating around each other and then eventually they realise that there's something here and that's kind of how it was for us. So I ended up getting a job down in Queenstown and we stayed there for a while. Um, most people in the hostel are there for like the whole of the ski season so it quickly becomes a real tight-knit group kind of forged in the fires of drunkenness and debauchery which happens when you get like 15 or 20 20 somethings in a tight space for a long time and add narcotics and <laughs> alcohol and um you can imagine the scene it is it's party town mm. so you can imagine um the nights are mad everyone's just shit-faced all the time everyone's hooking up left right and center and it's a great time memories are made um the best memories though are the ones that were made like the morning afters where you're drinking the free coffee and chain smoking and just trying to get over it um, we rinsed the shit out of that free coffee, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was this one girl, I suppose in the movie she'd be the manic pixie dream girl. Um, everybody loved her. She was amazing. She was like the coolest the coolest thing in the place. She was like five foot two. She always had this beanie hat on, wouldn't like didn't take it off ever, it seemed. Um, and she was the best snowboarder in the place. Like she was a kick-ass snowboarder. Everyone just wanted to, to go up on the slopes with her. Um, and, like, the ski bros would be like, um, do you think if it's not too much trouble and you've got time, you can maybe help me with my heel turns, please? You know, and, like, she's just it's a tiny little thing. Um, yeah, and me and her would just hang out loads. And I, I liked her. Like, I like liked her, if you, you know. Yeah. But I was already in a good place now, so why... Why risk it? Why put myself out there, I suppose? Mm. Um, and we'd hang out. We'd go to the pictures. We went to the pictures once. She thought it was a date. I didn't realise. So I invited Graham along, who was this lovely gay Irishman, and he sat right in between us during Spider-Man 2. <laughs> um, so, it was, so while it was a great night out, it wasn't romantic. We once played every golf or every crazy golf place in town just because we got it mean we could hang out for 11 hours straight. Like, who plays five rounds of crazy golf in a day? <laughs> Us, clearly. But 
you know, the whole of the hostel were talking about like when we were going to get together and it was like, nah, not going to happen, not going to happen. Um, we're pals and they were all just like, but you keep continually finding reasons to hang out together. And, you know, every time the door opens, you, you're, you know, your head's on a swivel and you're, and you're looking to see if it's her coming through the door, like for fuck's sake, Joan, sort your shit out. But it wasn't um, like one moment where you're kind of asking her out. It's just gradually growing and just a thing. Yeah. You don't realise yeah. it's a thing. So after we were kind of spinning each other's orbits, getting closer to cut and closer, as, you know, we're, um, we're in this bar called Chico's and I've been working late, so she's pretty pissed by the time I get there. And she just walked up to me with like the greatest chat up line the world has ever heard. She came up to me, she literally grabbed me by my shirt and she goes, look, you either want me or you don't. I was like, yeah, I kind of do. And then things moved on from there. Not that night. She was far too drunk to be taken advantage of that, <laughs> that night. And I'm not an asshole. That's a, that's a good movie um, moment, though. Yeah. I, um, the best one to come, though, like, it's not fire. It, it wasn't fireworks, like, and it wasn't all the drama. And it was just, it just felt that we were just friends. And then we added the romance to it. But that foundation was there first. But there was a moment I do want to tell you about, which was like the moment that I knew that she was the one, that this was real. So we went out to Fox Glacier and um, we were camping and we went out for a little hike. And we were on like the road that was going out there, the tarmac road, and it was horrible walking on that. And I was like, oh, on the other side of the, the river, there's... A proper track so if we pick our way across these stones then we can get on the track and we'll get a better view of the glacier as we come around um so i, I will go on down a bit further and we'll cross It'll be easier to cross further up so i'm picking my way down the shoreline and i turn around and she stood on a rock in the middle of the river and she's just like stone stone still as if she's terrified about losing her balance and i'm like have you have you fallen in and she's like no and then she went whoosh and her feet went up in the air and she hit her ass on the stone and she fell in this, like, it's, it's glacial meltwater. It must have been freezing. And that was the moment that I knew because it's like, it wasn't because she had laughed it off or tried to style it out. And it was because she clearly hated what we were doing, but she could see how much fun I was having. And she was completely bought into me. And she's there, like, soaking and freezing on a rock in the middle of the river. And I, like pick my way out to her and you know and i take her by the hands and i literally, I literally hold on to both her hands and i'm just like i fucking love you and that was the first time i said those words to her that's beautiful yeah and there's a moment in the song where they he, he he's singing about you know just being in each other's orbits but you probably can't tell if it's real or not and there's a line that says if it feels like falling you've probably already fell and that's perfectly apt for that moment. It's like, I'm falling madly in love with you right now. And yeah, I probably have been for months. A pivotal moment. In the there film. we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've got track four here. Track four would, would be would be learning how to smile by Everclear. Is this one you know? Yeah, I've heard this one. Yeah, it's not one of my favourite Everclear songs. It's actually 
off one of the albums where I kind of thought, oh, they've gone a bit too poppy now. Mm. But I like like the vibe of the song fits with the story I'm trying to get across. I'm trying to tell. So the the story is all about how, or the story in the song is, you know, things keep getting sent to try you, but you work together because because you're together, you can get over them. Mm. You know, because um, I think there's lines in this along the along the lines of um, you're just teaching me how to fall so I can get back up again. Um, which is very apt. So we we kind of come back to the UK. We live together because she is British. She's not a Kiwi. Otherwise, we'd be there. Um, yeah, we'd stay in this we country together. For, if you had a choice. <laughs> oh yeah, Norway's looking very <laughs> appealing at the moment. Not that we have a reason. Not that we have any option to go to Norway, but I'd love to. Um, yeah, so we come back here. We live together. Get married. Have kids. Move around the country a few times. General grind of life starts getting to us. There's a bit of debt. Um, some choices we make that could have been different but that's the road we're on now I suppose and there is some cool stuff in there Um, my eldest son Evan is born and then we move to Scotland when he's two weeks old Um, we get to live in a cool place right on the beach I do a really good job doing conservation work for the forestry Um, my daughter is born and that's like the scariest moment in the world because she comes out and she's all wrapped up and she's not breathing and it felt like fuck man it felt like four and a half days but it's probably like six seconds eight seconds before they'd unwrapped her and she started crying and like the relief was was, was mental that just to hear the baby cry when they were yeah um and then my youngest comes along and i catch him as he falls out of his mum not not in a hospital in the back of a car in the cup in a pub car park <laughs> This, I'm, none, I'm promising none of this is made up. <laughs> As a story that gets told I, quite a bit when he's uh, with friends, I'm guessing. He would go to nursery when he was, um, well, before school. He'd go to the nursery and he'd say to the to the women in the nursery, he's like, oh, dad's picking me up today. He caught me when I fell out of the month. <laughs> um, yeah, things are generally good. There's never, ever enough money. Kids make things busy and... You know, it's all right because we're together, and then things aren't all right. I suppose like we get evicted from our house. One of those was it section twenty three no fault evictions um, that they can just pull on you. All oh, right, basically nice vandal want yeah vandal wants his ace back. Get the fuck out! You got a month. Um, so we our choice was to trust the council in emergency housing or go and live on this old holiday park. So we headed, you know, in a caravan. So not trusting the council is a wise decision. <laughs> we end up on Gurnard Pines Holiday Resort, which is almost like a little slum town where the council just dumps people because it all adds into their figures for emergency housing or for affordable housing. Kind of like a shanty town, I'm guessing, then. It's, it's a couple of steps up from a shanty town. Yeah. It's, it's still the Isle of Wight. we still got running water and heating. The and, British version of it. But, yeah, civilized um, shanty town then. <laughs> like we've got a, we've got a roof over our heads, and we can feed the kids, so things are fine. But they're not really. Mm. What will they write about me? What will the version be when all is said and done? So, the next track is "I'm Not the Man" by Ben Folds, which is. The, like the title pretty much sums up what I kind of went through at the time. Like shit got 
proper real quick. Um, I kind of struggled with depression and, and anxiety, but I probably wasn't calling it that at the time. I was just probably calling it shit's fucking hard. Mm. Um, I don't handle it very well at all. Um, I think I had a massive crisis of like identity um, and like self-esteem. Like, like, like as a dad, your one job is to make sure your kids are in a safe and secure place. And I've failed at that. And, you know, you, your wife doesn't need to get handouts from the church to buy shoes for your kids to go to, you know, so they're decent for school. And, yeah, like, my one job is to provide for my family and look at the fucking state of it. It's it's not working. Um, I have to try and work. I'm self-employed at the time, so I end up working more, so I'm more tired, um, which means I have less time with the family. I'm either a miserable fucker or I'm really withdrawn. It's like there's no real in-between. Um, things get dropped through the cracks. She keeps she keeps persevering for me. I don't you know I don't know why she bothers. Like anxiety and paranoia kicking a bit. That whole she'll say something. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Mm. You know, why are you having to go at me? Um, I take ev- everything she says it can be like completely innocuous. I take it completely the wrong way. Everything's my fault. Um, I suppose when you feel like a piece of shit, you kind of manifest those. You've got an excuse, don't you? Have a go at someone. Be a bit, yeah, that's it. It's like if she thinks that I'm an asshole, I'm going to be a fucking asshole. Mm. Or you want them, but she doesn't think I'm an asshole. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, if I'm such a waste of space, why does she bother? You know, um, that's depression, though, isn't it? It's a fucking riot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I don't get to the point of thinking about hurting myself, or I don't think I do. I don't think things got that bad. I do kind of think this thought would be much better off if I wasn't around, as in geographically I was somewhere else I was no longer part of this family like even financially they would have been better off Hazel as a single mum with three kids would have been better off financially than with me sogging my guts out for a tiny slice of fuck all which is the way it kind of is in the country where it's like you work your ass off for something and it's well you could yeah. just be on benefits which is why you get the people yeah. saying oh we benefit to scroungers and so on it's like yeah there's a reason because you know they're better off if they're doing it that way yeah I don't begrudge anyone. Um, like we, we were on benefits then as well. Mm. You know, for for every pound I earn, I, they'd, they'd take sixty pence off my benefits. So, is it worth going out to work for forty p? Yeah, you, you got all of that. Um, this ends up this period. This is probably two years, probably maybe three years over, overall. It's fucking tough, man. It really is. It's like it's not a nice place to be. Um, it does kind of reach a point, and there's a. There's a real, real big row, like a scaring the kids row. Um, scared the neighbours, the caravan walls are that bloody thin. Like, um, and yeah, we spend like the evening, the whole night just sat on the sofa, like going from talking to shouting, a bit more screaming, back to talking again. And she gets absolutely everything off her chest. Like, and I'm like, why the fuck are you still here? Why didn't you go? Like, what, like, why didn't you go? Because I, like, from, from everything she told me, I've been an absolute prick. Like, taking everything for granted and just 
not put the work in at all. It's like everything should be done for me. You know, you all need to revolve around me. Why aren't I? Um, why aren't I? Why aren't I, why aren't I top of the list of the priorities? Well, because we've got three fucking kids to feed. That's why. But I don't know. Um, and there is kind of a sort your shit out or we're gone that does come up and then like during the conversation it's like or during the the evening it's proper this is it we need to sort our shit out now so the next track in this little story of ours is i come alive by evan phillips now i want to tell you about evan phillips actually so I know Evan Phillips as a podcaster. He sits, I think he's in Fairbanks in Alaska, and he does a rock climbing and mountaineering podcast. Mm. And he talks to, like, legends of the Alaskan mountaineering scene. And it's a wonderful podcast. And they talk about, not just about stories of daring do and near death on, the, on Denali and that sort of thing. And that does come up, but also about, you know, the perils of logging the old growth forests and stuff there up there and the environmental pressures it's just a wonderful little show it's called the fern line um but he writes all his own music for the show and then he'll go out and perform that in little coffee shops and stuff so it's only through his podcast that i know his music and it's what and it's very american singer songwriter writery but i really like it and this track is just it's called i come alive and it just sums up how I feel about my wife. So, it's a lovely song. That ultimate. Is it a cover version or actually he wrote it himself? I think he wrote it. So, I think he repeats verses occasionally, but you know, <laughs> fair play to him. Um, like when I said to about Hazel giving me like the ultimatum, sort your shit out. It's not like a you have to sort this out all by yourself. She does put all the work in. You know, she she helped make me better. I mean, I tried medication, I tried CBT, tried like, talking therapy, if you like, and none of it really sticks. But what does stick is knowing that she's got my back, that she's also going to put the work in. I kind of joke about, I, I introduce her to people. I'm like, this is Hazel. She keeps me alive, and people think I'm joking. I'm not joking. Like. Um, it's real like she's put she supports me in absolutely everything i do and it's not just now it's not just since i've been poorly it's like looking back it's always been there i missed it for a while i think and i think that's where the problems come in but you know how many people would move 900 odd miles with a two-week-old kid just because her husband got a cool job he wants to do mm. for no money like we, we, when we moved to scotland that job was an apprentice forest craftsman on 12 grand and i had a two-week-old baby like but because I wanted to do something different and she supported me and like there's no conversation it's like if this looks cool alright go for it she's got my back all the time and you know I still get that thrill when the door opens and she comes in I'll get off the bus and I'll go and meet her from work to walk home with her because that's that's 20 minutes extra time that I wouldn't have otherwise and I don't like I don't want to miss any of it like she's she is everything she asks she asks for nothing and like anything good I've ever done is because of her. It's all because of her. 
which brings us to where we are now. You're right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm, this is fucking perfect, man. It's, it's beautiful. I fucking love her. I love her in the truest, purest way that anyone can love anyone else. Like, she, she's giving me everything. She's rescued me when I nearly threw it all the way. Like, it's... Which brings us to the last track, the seventh track. And I think I've been quite clever here, actually. I was wondering if he did a cover. <laughs> no. Um, my, I was talking to my daughter about it this morning. I think she calls it a cyclical narrative. Yeah. So I'm basically bookending this with Bruce Springsteen, Wrecking Ball. Now, this is from his, the album of the same name, and it was written about, like, I'm pretty sure it's about, like, the Rust Belt after the last credit crunch and that, but it ties in so well. Because, um, like, Hazel and I are at this point now that I don't think anything can come between us. Like, it w- it'll be 20 years next year. It still feels... Well, it feels fresh and really, really strong. Um, there's still ups and downs. There's still surprises. Um, we've built this really cool little unit, this family. Um, kids are kids, aren't they? But like, I think I'm really proud of like the safe space that we've, well, she, we, we've made for them here. Mm. Um, they can just, they can just be so. Like my youngest boy he has some challenges we're getting him checked out for autism or neurodivergence or something he has he has his ways but here he can he can just be himself in all this little fucked upness if you like if he wants to fidget around or keep playing with himself or go outside and eat dirt which he kind of likes to do <laughs> he, he, he can do it here and we'll worry about other stuff um our daughter comes to talk to us about anything that's going on in her world and teenage girls in non-stop drama. Um, oh, God, she's tough sometimes. Right. I don't... I, right, here we go. I don't want... I'm not after brownie points or getting into heaven points for being just a decent human being because that should just be, like, the default setting. But, like, last year, my eldest boy came out and it was a complete non-event. Mm-hmm. And which is as it should be, but the fact that he was confident enough in our response that there was no response, it was just like basically, he, it's not my story to tell, really. But he's, he's, he's I was making, I, I was doing a podcast and my phone binged. I went, Oh, bloody hell, that's Evan texting, like, and I had to read. And I was like, said, uh, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm bisexual. And I was just texting back. I said, we can talk about it when you get home if you want, but we love you. And then he came home. Do you want to talk about it, Evan? No, not really. All right. Can I give you a hug if you want? All right. So I gave him a hug. And then the next day we had we had a talk about respect and consent and the exact same conversation we would have if he hadn't come out the day before do you, do you know the exact same sex conversation and the fact that we've built this little space where he doesn't have to worry about being himself I'm, I'm proud of that if that makes sense yeah yeah it's, it's the way I view things it's like it's oh cool yeah that's if, it if the, your and kid is like it. yeah you've got to have to talk about sex at some point but 
That's going to happen anyway. Regardless of yeah. where they're putting it, they got to be careful putting it. Yeah, you know. Um, but that's how it should be, and it shows what we are here. But like the song says, and this is the bit that gets me now in the song. It, there's a refrain towards the end um, where he's just going about like the hard times come and the hard times go and the hard times come and the hard times go just to come again. Bring on your wrecking ball because you ain't going to break us up. Right? You ain't going to get in between us. Fuck you all. Try it. Go on. Give it your best shot. Bring it. Go on. See what happens. So, if you think you're stopping me getting into heaven, if she's in heaven, you ain't stopping me getting in. <laughs> that was going to put this up for a vote, but I don't think there's... No, there's no vote I'll break, on this one. I'll, you I'll, to get I'll, in. I'll break, like, I'll break her out if I have to, <laughs> and we'll go to the other place. I don't care. You ain't, you ain't stopping us being together. Like. Cool. So, if the world didn't end, how would you want it to end? Or how do you want it to go on? Going to hit the end credits here. I would love to be about 140 years old and be like the the horny couple in the residential <laughs> home. <laughs> There's apparently quite a few horny couples in residential homes, but yeah, yeah. I can but understand it. <laughs> I, you know, part of me wants to be, you know, really old and in the streets facing down fascists or something, but or you know, watching the the mushroom cloud go as <laughs> go up as we we stand there in the in the the shop zoomed in on our hands clasped firmly together is everything goes off around us but in reality it's probably going to be we're old we'll be safe and comfortable somewhere and sorry um, she can go first she has to go first because I can't miss a minute of it she has to go first and then literally it'll be minutes but I can't miss a minute of it she she can go first and then I'll follow her pretty soon after and as the credits roll we've got Death Cab for Cutie I will follow you into the dark and see I got my knuckles by a lady in black I held my tongue as she told me, son, fear is the heart of <sighs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so I never okay. Oh, As we're rolling the credits, I think you'll get into heaven. Thank you very much. Whatever the approximation of heaven is, you have. So let us know where we can find you online. Um, it doesn't really matter after that, does it? <laughs> <laughs> um go to the lonewallscollective.com that's this new little website that me and Jamie are making together where we can kind of show off some of our stuff it's kind of a come for records and bands leave for talking dad or whatever else we're doing and over time as we get used to what we're doing we're going to hopefully be inviting some people on to showcase some work and be like a creator of the month or a creator of the week type thing so watch this space um, yeah so that's the best place lonewallscollective.com thank you very much this has been a mental week because like I sent you earlier I've been trying to play, make, a, make a soundtrack to this story and it's just put a completely different connotation on all the songs that I wouldn't have, like this Death Cab for Cutie song I think I'd heard it twice before this week I had a Johnny Cash song to, for, for the credits and I just thought nah that's a bit too hack 
Was yeah. it her? Or, 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 or did it, it? It was Meet Me in Heaven. Yeah, that's even more than um, those. Yeah, and well, and this is on the nose, but this feels a bit more cinematic. So hopefully, mm. like as well, the songs give you a bit of a yeah. But I can't, like after a couple of days of putting this together, I can't listen to any of these songs without just thinking of the the events that I've put them to. Now, you bastard! That's what I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it's oh, evil, yeah. and I kind of get why. I've pitched this idea to some people, and they've come back and said, "Yeah, it's a bit too much." <laughs> yeah. So, so for me, and like this, obviously, take all this out now. But um, podcasting generally is nothing without honesty and openness. I think that's what it's built on. You know, is yeah. people putting their all into it? So, if you don't buy into stuff wholeheartedly if you don't put your whole self into it whether it's for your own stuff or someone else's stuff you're kind of not giving it the respect it deserves mm. but i know how hard you work on all of your stuff so i'm not gonna be flippant about do you know what i mean yeah. i'm gonna buy in properly so i hope that's what you need i oh, definitely that was perfect man You can find all my stuff at totalcultzone.com. That's totalcultzone.com. It's got a, some stuff on there. All the social media, daily blog, brain farts, art in progress, podcast production notes, and a couple of bonuses here and there. That's totalcultzone.com. Thank you, everybody, for coming today. 